You're listening to the Gold Biz Podcast, episode number 93. Today, I have with me Ashton Brooke, and we are going to talk all about pricing and how you actually might be leaving a lot of money on the table when it comes to your pricing and a new way to approach it. You're listening to the Gold Biz Podcast with Rachel Traxler, a traveling wedding photographer turned creative business entrepreneur. Each week, Rachel brings you purpose-driven action to become the ambitious entrepreneur you are meant to be. We'll dive into topics such as life, business, failures and successes, and being the best version of yourself you can be. This is a warm and positive space for all creative entrepreneurs to come together, inspire, and grow. Because every day is an opportunity to shine here at the Gold Biz Podcast. Now here's your host, Rachel Traxler. Hello, sunshines, and welcome back to the Gold Biz Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Traxler. Again, I have today with me Ashton Brooke. She is actually a first-time repeat guest on the Gold Biz Podcast, so I'm really excited to have her back. And we talk all about pricing and how to create maybe custom proposals and how you might actually be leaving a lot of money on the table by not serving your clients when it comes to pricing and how to approach pricing on your website as well. So this is a really powerful conversation that I know you're going to love and I'm really excited for you to listen to. So without further ado, let's bring Ashton on. All right, Ashton. Well, you are the first, I believe the first guest that is a repeat guest. Wow. What an honor. Thank you. What an honor. So welcome back. (laughs) Thank you so much. I will never forget our first conversation. It was so like, I just remember getting off that podcast buzzing. It was so fun to talk to you. So I'm thank you for having me back. Seriously. Yeah. And I was too, because I remember, and I think I was in my closet at the time recording it too. And I just remember we even were like, we could do another podcast. We could have a whole other podcast and a whole other topic. So here we are again, (laughs) having another podcast. And I'm really excited for today because we're going to talk about like everything in terms of pricing and in bringing that onto your website, if you should be doing that or not. And just like what pricing looks like in general. And I think it's a really good time to talk about it too, this time of year, because I feel like generally people think that this is the time of year that they need to raise their price or they're at least like reevaluating their business, reevaluating their expenses and their pricing and all that stuff. So I feel like it's a really good time to talk about it too. And I love talking about pricing. I, I don't think it needs to be like an uncomfortable conversation or like a taboo thing. Like I love talking about it. And I think, you know, it's when you can put serving first and who doesn't also want to like make some money too. So I think it's just really fun. But with you, Ashton, like just a quick background, like with your own photography business to like where you started with pricing to like how how you got to where you are now and kind of what that looked like and how you increased it, how you went about increasing it and like when you realized you needed to increase it and kind of just like a quick gist of like that journey. Yeah, I'll give a really brief overview because I was so clueless for way too many years, like throwing spaghetti against the wall type thing. And looking back, I I see the gaps and the flaws in my business approach, which was I didn't get help with pricing from someone who had gone before me. And I would ask like friends who were kind of in it with me, but oftentimes they also didn't know and they're doing their best. So I was making prices up. I was making packages that didn't even make sense. Like I remember one package would be like eight hours, $1,500. And then the next package would be like 10 hours with an engagement session and an album. Like $2,000 and nothing made sense or was actually profitable for me in the long run. So, and sometimes in the beginning, you are just trying to get your portfolio built, gain experience. And I totally respect that. And 
you know, honor that process and building your business. But as quickly as possible, you and I both know how important it is to get serious about pricing and strategy and getting these things in line and addressing like your pricing mindset. So for me, probably from 2015 to close to 2019, which is a really long time in business, I was increasing when I thought I should, but with no real strategy behind that. So for the last three to four years now, I actually have concrete ideas of how to approach it, strategy behind it, um, building packages and all of that. So yeah, to, to sum it up, I was a mess for most of my business. And then the last couple of years, I'm like, okay, now I have it together. Which is honestly most of us. So that's like the most relatable thing because <laughs> all of us, like, we don't really know if you don't start with like figuring that out or like you said, seeking help and stuff like that, or just naturally like that kind of happens. So that yeah. is so relatable. <laughs> Where did you feel? Because like you said, you did like an eight hour package with 1500 and then, you know, the 10 hour with the engagement session and the album and all that for 2000 realizing, okay, that one's probably going to be less profitable in a way. So it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you go about in an, in a tangible way, like structuring to figure out like the profit for each package or like making sure that you are being profitable for the packages and knowing what you're taking home too? Yeah. So I think it's really important to break down every piece of what you're including in a wedding package. So you have to know, first of all, what is your cost of doing business? What does it cost you to even go do an engagement session? Um, And if that's a part of your package, that needs to have its own value attached to it. Sometimes that's an hourly rate for people. And so that has to have its own value. Every hour of coverage that you shoot in a wedding needs to have a value attached to it. If you do a wedding album, that needs to have a value attached to it. A second photographer included needs to have a value attached to it. And so when you actually start to break it down, like cost of doing business, cost of paying a second, cost of building an album, then profiting your time and accounting for what it costs to run your business and your time editing and your gear and all of this that adds up and has to be a part of running your business. And then making profitable moves for yourself to have a sustainable business, really breaking that down shows you just how much value is in an eight hour package with an engagement session and a second photographer. So when I look at it, I have all of those pieces of my package broken down with a monetary value attached. And that at least gives me a starting point. Like, I have to be making this amount minimum and then I can build from there. And we can talk about this, but I'm very custom in my approach with every client that comes to me. But I know what my base kind of figures are for me to at least be profitable if I'm working with them for X amount of hours and and all that. Does that does that make sense? Oh my goodness, yes. And just knowing your numbers is so powerful. There's just so much power in knowing that because like you said, there's was so much time that you just didn't know that before and which is all of us too. Like there's a time I didn't know like you just don't think it. You just are kind of like you said throwing spaghetti at the wall and like doing all these things. But like you said knowing your your cost of doing business, basically like taking your package breaking down all the like the value of the expenses from that package. And then once you like take your package price minus the expenses, then you have to take that number and like put 30% for taxes, put 25% saving, put 25, whatever percent that you're actually taking home and putting your account for, for profit too. So like the number gets very, very small, very quick. (laughs) I think one of the things that a lot of photographers in their first couple years struggle with is that, battle of like, yeah, but I really need this experience. And I really, I'm really growing my portfolio. I'm still building, but 
they aren't paying themselves and they they're discounting the value that they have as a creative with great gear and a creative eye that that person is hiring you for. I think people get really scared to make money for that when it's so valuable. People are seeking you out as a creative industry and you're, you are deserving of getting paid no matter where you are, because one, you're giving your time two you've invested your time and energy into you know, education and growing your skill. And you have a skill that these people don't have and it's valuable to them. And so those first couple of years can feel like very scary to increase, but it's so important as soon as possible to be like, I know I'm valuable. I know I have something worth offering. And I know if I want to make this a career, I have to get over that mental struggle of like charging what I need to be a sustainable business in the long haul. Yeah. And it's like, you're just, you're sharing your gift with people too. So it's like, if you think of it that like, and also something I always tell people, like people know they are coming to you for a service. They know that you are charging for it. They know that. So it doesn't need to be an uncomfortable topic. Like they know they're coming to you for a service. Like you said, Ashen, we feel like it's just like our creative, you know, out like that's it's our creative way it's like our art form and so it's hard to come to kind of link that to a service and like charging for it too so it's one of those I totally agree with you that on that I also want to circle back to because you said you do a lot of customization and I've done custom proposals for so long in my business and I love doing it and so I kind of want to talk about that too because I feel like people have questions about custom proposals because I guess for people that don't know the difference for me anyways I'll let you kind of speak on this too after Mm -hmm. but I have like a list of like standard pricing that I send to standard pricing for weddings if it's like if it's local they know they want eight hours of coverage they know what like it's gonna it's like a straightforward wedding for me versus I do a lot of customization if I have to travel a little bit farther or the drive is a little farther or maybe they're looking for more or less coverage or they want to do this or they want to have a destination engagement session every wedding is so different and that's what I like to promote and tell people that they can do things. So I love to do a lot of customized, like custom proposals too. So I want to hear a little bit about how you structure that with pricing and stuff too. Yeah. Well, you summed it up pretty much already, like saying every wedding is different and unique and not one wedding ever really looks the same. And so to approach pricing with like set packages that you just send off in a PDF, you're really doing a disservice to you and what you could be profiting and what's sustainable, but also to your couples because working with them in a unique and customized way is obviously going to benefit them. I don't want a couple to come to me and be like, I'm in love with your work. And I'm like, okay, here's my packages, take it or leave it. I want to give them one customer service that blows them away and makes them feel like, oh, she's like really diving in with us our needs, our wants, and she's here for us completely. That that feeling in customer service, I think really, we know starts at the inquiry call. And I'm able to show that by asking a lot of questions like, what is it that you guys are looking for? And if you don't know, how can I help you figure that out? I'm going to customize based on what I know from our first phone call together, like what you're looking for, how many hours I think you might need. Um, and then I can include in my my proposal to them extras and just show them like, Oh, like an extra hour would cost this if you need to add one down the road and things like that. So my approach is very much to serve them through custom pricing. And from a business standpoint, I 
felt so much freer when I stopped feeling like my packages had to be perfect. Like my PDF, when I was doing PDFs, it was just very stressful to be like, what are they going to think of this? Like, what if it doesn't, what if it's not in their budget? Or I just felt very trapped. And in this approach, I feel like I can truly work one-on-one with every couple and serve them. But also I've just, I've been able to profit truly a lot more as well. Like, I'm just going to say it, like I'm not putting myself in a box. Some couples, um, if you talk about budget, will have much higher of a budget range than you might've thought. And I talk about this, like in my pricing coaching and my pricing training that I'm, I'm stoked if a couple tells me what their budget range is and it's higher than I thought, like I'm happy to meet them in that place and offer more where they have more money to spend um, because that's opportunity for me and they're going to get more and have an awesome experience. So there's no shame in that either. Like finding out what is it that you guys are trying to stick with. And if you have a, a low end, high end of your budget range for photography, like what would that look like? And that's kind of how I work off of it. I'm same with you. Like I have that base place of what I need to profit and make and start at for every wedding, whether it's local or destination. And then all the rest is like, there's wiggle room. And I think another thing that's that kind of, I don't know if it was an epiphany or not, but I get to decide like how to run my business, including how I price myself. And I don't think you owe an explanation to one cut from one couple to the next, why pricing looks different. I may want to take a lot more weddings in a certain season. And I may want to price myself to book more weddings in that season. I may want to take less weddings, but I have to know like my numbers and my profit and like you know, all the things that come into play with our business numbers, knowing what I want and how I want to run my business plays into how much I might be willing to work with someone if they don't quite have the budget I would hope for. But do I need to fill a gap in my calendar? Like I get to make that choice and it's really freeing and I think really empowering. Oh my, there's so much to unpack here with everything you just said. That was just like jam-packed and I have like four different directions that we could go after this because seriously, that's like, that's the power in it. And I think a lot of people too, like they get hung up in like exactly what you were just talking about at the end of, well, they're scared that this was a referral from this person. I know their friends, they're going to talk. And it's like, but their days are just vastly different. And so like things might look also like you were saying could be in different seasons. And so therefore you can change like and do like the dynamic pricing um, strategy, meaning like if you know, you get a ton of inquiries for the month of October and October is your busiest month, you can increase your wedding prices for your Saturdays and over because the demand is there. That's up to you. You can have control over that. You know, you're going to get booked right. for it. And I use this example all the time of just the power of custom proposals too, is I got an inquiry for an elopement in Glacier and it was just such aligned, such aligned couples. Like, I'm, I mean, I knew I wanted to do it, but their budget was like not doable yeah. at all. Like not even local wedding. It was very low, but also just having gone through my, my, basically my inquiry to just booking process of like that process I have of getting, you know, talking to them, doing the custom proposal, doing all of these things. They ended up booking me at my highest package I'd ever done an elopement for. And so it was like, I was not expecting that, but that's just the power of doing custom proposals. And like you said, Ashton, I feel so much more confident sending a custom proposal because I've talked to them. I know their budget and I know that what I'm sending them 
there it's not going to be just random prices that I'm throwing right. out versus when I am stand, sending standard pricing I might have an idea of their budget but you know I also don't know and it's it's a lot more scary it's like are they going to like it are they not where I'm doing custom proposals like I'm not even worried because I we've already exactly. talked about it and I already know that this is going for them it's just a matter of whether they want to book or not so that automatically just doing custom proposals increases your conversion rate and increases your booking rate I mean it's just if you want to book more weddings, do custom yeah. proposals. <laughs> That's what I always are meeting people where they are. If they give you their budget, they give you a budget yeah. range and it works with kind of where you are at and your price and what you can charge, then you're literally, and you have a great connection. Like you have everything going for you. Um, so it just, yeah. it makes total sense. I'll never go back. No, I know. Okay. I'm glad because I do the same thing. I love doing it when I can. And I think too, sometimes it's like, depends on if I'm doing more custom proposals in like busy season or slow season, you know, and like what that, that looks like. Then I feel like people's next question might be, okay, well, if I'm doing custom proposals, then what's that first initial inquiry, like response look like if I'm not sending them pricing and like, when do I send them pricing? When do I figure all of that out? I kind of have a process for, for this, but I'd love to hear from you. So like, what's your process for that? If you are doing custom proposals, can you walk us through that? Yeah. So my first response is obviously whether I'm available, available or not, I want to make an initial connection. Um, so that they don't feel like a robot is just responding to them. I have a template, but I'm always like tweaking it for every single response. So it's personable. And then I just explain my next step in my process is to hop on a call. Like I try to say 20 minutes so it doesn't feel like overwhelming to them. Hop on a 20 minute call, get to know them and what their needs are for their weddings so that I can create custom collections for them. And if they need help figuring that out, we can also do that on the phone call. Then I say, can we chat at this time or what's your availability? In the meantime, here's a here's a full gallery for you to look at so you get a, a bigger picture of my work. I can't wait to connect, Ashton. Like it's pretty simple, um, but that is my process. And I set that expectation on my website as well. So like in my con on the contact page, they're gonna see and on my what to expect page. Like I really do try to set the expectation. Phone calls happen. If you don't want a phone call, like you're not my ideal client because I have to have that kind of voice call connection with my clients to get to know them and make sure like they're a good fit for me, I'm a good fit for them. So set that expectation on your website. There's no surprises when you say you want to hop on a phone call. Yes, I love that too. And I love like the initial inquiry response too. just it's just straightforward. It's to the point, but it's also like customizing it and great creating that connection and stuff like that. Like when I do custom proposals too, very similar to you, I'm like, my only call to action is to get them on the phone. Like that is what it is. (laughs) And there's no way around it. Like you have to do it if you want to move forward and stuff, because you want to create that connection. And you need to figure out what they need for pricing and what they want of their day and all that stuff. So that's great. And then the next step, then when you have them on the phone and all this stuff, and you talked about, you know, budget and like what that might look like for them, how do you go about creating custom packages for them? Do you create a couple of them? Do you just kind of have one? And like, where do you start with price points and stuff based on like what they gave you? Like, how does that look? Kind of similarly to knowing my base price point for like local versus destination and all that. I do have a general template that I kind of copy and paste into their proposal. And then I'm tweaking it. Like my goal is that after my phone call with this couple, I know pretty much what they need. And I slide that right into the middle package and price accordingly. Like I'm going to adjust my price as well. 
And then I tweak the lower, the lower package to have less in it. And it's not quite what they need. And then the, the higher package is like all the bells and whistles. It's pushing their budget, but like they get a good idea of like, if we want to add um, this or that to the package, this is what it looks like. And yeah, so my, my approach is like that middle package, ideally, now this doesn't always happen, you know, that it's like <laughs> hit or miss sometimes, but that middle package is like the sweet spot. They know it's in their budget range. It's everything they, they need. And it may or may not be everything they want, but they have a pretty good idea of like price dynamics between packages and then add-ons if they want. And I tell all my couples like custom is my approach. So if this, if what I'm sending you isn't perfect, like let's tweak it and let's, let's get to the place where it's what you need. And also you can book me now and we can add down the road so that you don't feel pressure of like, what if someone's going to take my date? Like I want them to get their date secured with me. And then know like, if you want to add rehearsal dinner, like in three months, you can add that on and you don't need to know right now. Cause I think a lot of couples are highly overwhelmed in the beginning. They don't know all the answers to our questions. And so keeping those process as simplified as possible with less information up front is actually serving them because they're not at the point in planning where they're ready to receive all the possibilities you have to offer. And so that's one of the ways to serve them in the inquiry process is keep information as minimal as you can while also being thorough. It's like this really fine line, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause like you want to give them the information, but you do not want to overwhelm right. them in this pro in like this part of the process yeah. because that's going to turn them away too. I love that. And that's so similar to the, how I set it up too. So like, I, I know what they want and I have that as like that middle package that like that sweet spot. And then I put, have it a higher package, like exactly what you did. That doesn't go crazy yeah. beyond their budget, but it's still doable. And I love like exactly what you said too, that it's, they're not stuck in this box. Like letting them know that we can tweak things, we can add yeah. things later. It just takes pressure off of them too. And right. really lets them know that you're just there for them on like what they need and you're meeting them where they're at. Cause I think a lot of photographers I know, which is great, good for you. I feel like you stand strong in your pricing, but I think it comes across mm -hmm. of like, I'm not budging on any of this. Like this is what I do. And I just love the custom approach too. Like that's so just my approach and how I am too, which I love. But that kind of ties into my next question, I guess, I was as you were talking, because it's the whole, the whole debate of, do you have your price on your website or do you not? And I don't for this reason, because I do so much customization. But can you talk a little bit about like what that looks like? Because I know you do a lot of website stuff. And what are your thoughts on having prices on your website or not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could ask me like next week and I may change my answer. Um, That's what's cool about this question though, is there's pros and cons to each and there's no right or wrong answer. So like even I, like if you asked me this question, I, I could know. defend both sides. I know. So it's like, it's one of those questions. You. So there's no right or wrong. I want to ask you like, do you feel like it's more work for you? Do you feel like you're answering people who are all, always coming in under your pricing like that? I see that as a con and then I see the more open side of like the chance to work with people who are so obsessed with you that they are willing to pay more and book you and they are an awesome client like match for you. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's fairly easy to say we see both sides. I, I have my starting prices on my website. My biggest thing when coaching people in this topic is please don't lay all your packages out on your pricing page. Like people will list everything they offer, all their collections it's highly overwhelming and you're, you're missing that chance for custom proposals and conversations with people. So 
that to me is like the biggest red flag. Um, but I, I currently have my starting price. I try to keep things minimal on my pricing, but also giving them a taste of like, okay, maybe that number overwhelms them at first, but I want to show them a little bit of like most packages include this. So they have an idea that it's not just like five hours and one photographer starting at this price. I want to give them an idea of where what's in this price point, where's the value without giving it all away. So my take right now is starting prices. At one point, like years ago, I was doing like my average booking, which I don't know that it really serves me, but I'm, I'm honestly all for experimenting. Like I can see why something works for you and something works better for me and, and go for it. Experiment. So don't, don't feel like you have to be stuck in a box either. Like for your listeners, like you don't, you can, you can test something that goes against maybe what Rachel does herself. And that's okay. Like you have to just kind of fly baby, like do it and, and see what works and adjust from there. Because that's what most people do who are, maybe you look up to that they've tested the waters and they've come to their own conclusions. And right now this is my conclusion. A hundred percent. And you know what, for, for me anyways, it could change in six months. It could change in two months. It could change next week. Like I could be like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm all about trial and error too, like experimenting. Like I have yeah. no fear in doing that in my business, like with anything, pricing included. And I think it varies too, like season to season or like, what does your business look like right now? Like I even just had a student that I was talking to this week and she's like, my inquiries have gone down so much. And she had mm-hmm. all of her prices on the website. And I said, okay, well, let's test this out. Let's take them off and see if you get more inquiries. Then yeah. you can take inquiry process and like this whole like inquiry to booking process, try to like, you know, talk to them, create this connection, all this, see if your inquiry rate like increases, see if your booking yeah. rate increases. And that's just where she's at right now. I love it. It's a, if it's a busy season and you don't have time to like do all these things, maybe just having your prices on your website. So it does weed some people out. Like you said, like at least starting. Yeah. If you have no problem getting inquiries and you want to weed those out, maybe not. And so that's what so cool. You can do anything you want or like you said, average anything. Right. Like you can try it out and there's no right or wrong. Like you and I both like we could fight yes. both sides because there's no right or wrong. And I think if I could go back, I wish 2017 Ashton would have had that freedom to trial and error, to switch stuff up. Like I just moved across the country in the fall and I'm actually considering taking pricing off right now just to increase local inquiries and see, does that benefit me? Like I'm I'm always yeah. thinking about that because I'm never going to put myself in that box and be like, oh, I have to stick to it. Like there literally are no rules and wherever you are in your business, give yourself that freedom. Like let yourself off the hook. You can change and adjust if something doesn't work. And I'll go as far as to say, I don't think one or the other will ever put you under like your business will survive, but you also have to give it a, a good, I don't know. What would you say if someone wants to put their prices on their website, give it, two to three months to try it out. Yeah, I agree with you. Like give it some time. Like don't be like, oh, a week or two later and oh, it's not working. Like, cause also is it not working? Cause you aren't putting effort into your lead generation strategy. Yeah. Like not everyone's just landing on your website and right. like watching your every move and knowing that you're doing this. Yeah. So like it pairs with how much marketing you're doing and how much lead generation strategy you're putting, you know, that effort into. And I totally agree though. Like give it some time at least. Yeah. <laughs> and just always trial and error, like no matter where you're at in your business. I love that too. Like you were saying that's such good advice. Like if you could tell yourself 
back like 2017 Mm -hmm. Ashton like to give yourself that freedom that is honestly such freeing advice in itself because hopefully someone listening can be like okay that's like she wishes she would have done that I'm just gonna do it and yeah start earlier yeah and if I could go back to like speaking of website the decision of having your pricing on or not on your website isn't like the determining factor of what's bringing you inquiries. So if your website sucks, to be really frank, like my website sucked (laughs) for like years. Up until 2020, I didn't even have a, a good engaging website that really showcased my brand. Like I just imagine what I could have made if I actually displayed my work on a website I was really proud of. So my my starting prices and showing my web like my prices on my website, I would have felt so much more confident about. But like my insecurity about my prices I think showed through because my website was so I just like hired a rando, you know, and it was it wasn't good. It wasn't quality and I had no branding associated with it. So if you're feeling really insecure, ask yourself, am I really proud of my website? Is my work being displayed? Is my brand being showcased in a way that actually supports my starting prices and beyond because you'll know you'll know in your gut like if you're proud or not or if you feel like your work is when people see that starting number and they're looking at your website like they won't bat an eye they'll be like that totally makes sense like look how stunning her her brand and her messaging is and like her reviews are glowing all of that has to play in it into it and so you can't just get by years and years into business with a website that is way below what your work actually represents. Yes. A hundred percent. Like you said. So it just like, it makes sense. It matches it like everything in your business. I love that. While we're on the roll with advice, (laughs) cause you're just spitting out words of wisdom here. (laughs) I love it. What's like one piece of advice you want to leave the listeners with today. And it could be anything we talked about with pricing website or anything else in general, like anything you just want to end it on. I would give the advice to like we said, experiment to give yourself time to get better at this stuff. Like if you get really, really nervous about phone calls, and that's why you've kind of avoided getting on the phone call with every inquiry that comes through, you have to just give yourself that chance to practice. I was so shaky and weird, like for the first probably 20 calls, like I didn't have my confidence in my flow and I wasn't directing like I know that I should have. But I would never go back and change that because now I don't get nervous. I pick up the phone, I dial the number and I don't second guess myself, but that didn't come naturally. I had to give myself practice. You will get better. You will get more confident and you just have to believe like in the process of that. So give yourself grace, let yourself off the hook, trial and error stuff and that's probably what I would sum up my advice to be. I love it. I that's such good advice too. And it just, it, it goes for everything in your business too. So I love that because you can apply it to everything. Amazing advice to end it on a high note with. Thank I you. Love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ashton. Before, tell everybody where we can find you. You can find me. I'm really, I'm mostly hanging out on Instagram. Um, Ashton Brooke. I'm trying to do a lot more on my email list. So you can find you can join my email list on my website and my four photographers page. And that's about it. I can't get into TikTok. I'm just so bad at it. I feel like you're really good at it though. <laughs> you know, I know, but I know. it feels like a different, it feels like it's such a different world. I'm just like, I don't. So yeah, find me on Instagram. 
Let's chat. Love it. We'll find you in all the places. Well, thank you so much, Ash. And it's an honor to have you as the first repeat guest on the Goldbiz podcast. I'm <laughs> Here so you happy. I literally love talking with you, Rachel. It's It goes by so fast and just feels effortless. So thank you for having me. I love you. <laughs> oh, love you back. It's so fun. And there you have it. I really hope this episode was helpful for you. I genuinely loved this conversation with Ashton. It's always such a joy to have her on and also a really awesome topic to talk about because I think pricing is something that we all can learn from and with trial and errors and try new things and learn from each other and just know and lean into what works best for you and just having a lot of power and the confidence in knowing your numbers too, because everyone is so different. So if you found this episode helpful, make sure to screenshot and share it to your stories and tag us at Rachel Traxler and at Ashton Brooks so that we can know that you are loving the Gold Biz Podcast. Other than that, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I so appreciate you. Keep shining and we'll see you next time.